Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Mike on from Crosscheck, and we're going to be learning all about Crosscheck, the business case, use case, business cost-benefit analysis, essentially why his prospects become customers, why customers stay customers of Crosscheck. So let's just jump right into it. Mike, would you do us a favor, the audience a favor, and introduce both yourself and Crosscheck? Yeah, for sure, William, and thank you so much for uh, having me today. So Crosscheck is a venture-backed company in the uh, HR tech space trying to bring more data and visibility into uh, metrics around talent acquisition and ultimately kind of near-term retention for new hires. So that's our, our core focus is to help companies ensure they're making the right quality hire and to make sure that that hire stays with them for the long term. Uh, let's start there. So how do we define quality of hire? Yeah, I thought it was interesting listening to some of your prior podcasts, just trying to make complicated things simple, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'll tell you, yeah, and I'll tell you, like this is a complicated thing. And right. so, one of the as, as we kind of dove into the space and and set on our journey to help address uh, this quality of hire topic, of course, as table stakes, we had to come to a a foundation of measurement on how we actually measure and articulate this concept of quality of hire. So, you know, historically, <clears throat> it's been a quite controversial topic, frankly. Uh, you can ask different uh, CHROs or people leaders uh, how they think about it, uh, and you'll get 10 different answers, right? So the simple historical um, definition of quality of hire has been a combination of tenure and performance. You know, I think I think the data tells us that um, you know forty six percent of new hires don't make it eighteen months, and that's typically kind of been a line in the sand where that means it was a mishire, and ultimately they never got to productivity. So, but anyway, the simplest way to think about quality of hire is um, is some post hire data around tenure and performance uh, with an algorithm and some other fancy math around it that helps us get get sort of a, a baseline for for measurement. Right. So you need to actually, <clears throat> tenure is going to be relatively easy to track uh, <laughs> how long someone's been somewhere. Uh, performance, you need to pull that out of uh, other systems, I'm assuming. Yeah. And that's where this gets complex and fun, frankly, and why a platform like ours uh, is so valuable, right? The The average, at least of our customers, has 13 different um you know, technology vendors, technology solutions in their stack, right? In their kind of HRTA stack. And so, yeah, this data can be in a bunch of different places based on who the company is. Um, the other thing I would say is definitionally what, what or how we measure performance is obviously controversial, right? I think we know that historically performance reviews, you know, one to 10 scale ha have bias, right? There's gender bias. There's all kinds of bias. There's relationship bias. In some of those, excuse me, simple uh, ratings. And so what we tried to do is really get a whole bunch more data into the machine um, that answers the question around performance, right? So performance could also be, are you additive to the culture? Uh, how engaged are you uh, with the organization? 
right? There's, um, you know, other things that could matter is from a diversity perspective is, is you know, is, is there some complementary uh, value there as well? So what we tried to do is suck that data in from as many different data sources as we can get our hands on to complement that baseline tenure uh, metric to really understand how much value are you adding to the company, right? Right. And, and again, people are going to define that differently. The systems are, you know, the, especially API to API, you can pull the data out and then there's context, right? So from, from one company to another, they might have different rating scales. They might look at it differently. So they might view it, view it differently. When you're, when you, when you start off with a customer, you, you're explaining quality of hire, obviously kind of your, your view and your vision of it. Are you, are you, do you find yourself kind of teaching and training them as to what is and should be considered quality of hire? Like, are you, are you bringing them over to a place where they can kind of understand it from your perspective? Yeah, that's a great, a great question in that it's, it's uh, definitely part of it. Right. And, and we're learning too. part of what we we built into the platform is the ability to be, um, dynamic based on what the organization's definitions are too. So you could ratchet up, let's just keep it simple with a tenure and a performance review. If you decided a tenure was more important, right. Than performance, right. Which right. you may, you may, you may well determine that for like an hourly type of role, right. right. That you may have a different point of view than if it's a, you know, than if it's a doctor, right. So, um, so that, that is a, a piece of it, but we are learning every day from our customers and we're, <laughs> I think we're teaching every day. I'll tell I you that, that, the talk track usually goes like this, right? You can ask anybody in, a, in this space, right? How do you think about quality of hire? Everything, it's all about quality of hire will be the yeah. first response. Well, yeah. how do you measure it? Well, um, maybe once a year, we have one of our people analysts pull data here and it's like a static thing. It's not an ongoing perpetual measurement. Right. And then when you start to say, well, how do you correlate quality of hire back to any of your hiring decisions or any of the tools that you use, then it just starts to get into an abyss, right? So. Right. If we can get through that first piece of the conversation of let's lock arms on how we define it and we've created it to be flexible enough to shape to however the organization defines it you know, within some parameters, then all the other stuff starts to get really fun. And that's where the innovation, I think, and where the real impact is going gonna, is gonna to come from. I love that. Where Okay, so you, you're obviously connecting with other parts of their TA tech stack, right? So where is it important when you're talking to a prospect that they understand, okay, this is for us to be successful and for you to get the insight that you want to get out of Crosscheck, here's, here's what we need to be able to connect to. Yeah, so <clears throat> table stakes are the ATS and the HRIS, right? So we right. have a partnership with Workday as an example, which covers a lot of the enterprise, thankfully, and SAP and integrations with some of those larger HRIS platforms. And then I think we're live now with, you know, call it 10 ATS platforms where we're sucking in all the pre-hire data we can get out of those machines. So those are kind of table stakes. Um, <clears throat> I will tell you, uh, <clears throat> you mentioned earlier, checked who you used to work with. Uh, we're getting data from all those third-party pre-hire assessment platforms mm -hmm. as well, right? We're getting Wonderlick data as an example for cognition, right? We're getting, yep. <clears throat> we're getting interview scores which is unbelievable now that we're able to correlate interview scores to quality of hire. And oh, by the way, you know what we have found? You can probably guess. <laughs> There's no correlation. None whatsoever. Right? None, None whatsoever. None Zero. whatsoever. Right? So, so we don't know how to interview. I'll tell you that, or at least we don't know how to score our interviews. And we think we're also great at it. But so anyway, there's a, the base level is ATS, HRIS, and then complementing that on both sides could be 
any other tools you're using to gather data, right? Where there's APIs available that we can plug into our machine. Um, on the post hire side, I'll just give you some examples of some innovative new data sources that we're working on just to, just to show you where this can go. So if you think about uh, things like Zoom and you know we're all doing remote all hands meetings and, and there's belief that we can get signal data on engagement based upon if you're coming to our all hands meeting on time or if you're coming late and leaving early, things of that nature. You know, there's some just really interesting data sources out there. We know that one of the things that is an early detector of attrition is a lack of community building within your organization. So our ability to understand, you know, you've been here for 90 days. How many people have you touched, right? Up level, down level, side level, that sort of thing. How engaged are you? There's all this really cool other data that we're, we're starting to suck in. Um, another example of that is like Salesforce. So if you think about sales hires, which has one of the highest failed hire rates out there, and think about a world where we're actually able to programmatically suck in your, you know, how quick did it take you to achieve quota, right? As an example, and get that into the whole quality of hire machine. So we're in this kind of unprecedented world now where there's so much awesome data out there that can feed the beast. Uh, and that's, I think, where this thing, again, just starts to, or continues to get just more and more complex, but also more and more powerful and interesting. Do you, do you want to go further back into source of hire? Like, For sure. I could see I could see that being very powerful once you've kind of could do the connective tissue, right? So if you if you can start to actually tell people the interview and scoring and and be able to predict uh, quality of hire, but you know, there's still this gray area of like, okay, where do these people come from? Right? <laughs> you know what's amazing about that? So I'll tell you in terms of myth destruction, you know, one of the one of the theories we all have is how efficient internal referrals are. Mm -hmm. and, and we have data to show now that maybe in many organizations, they're not necessarily as high quality, right? Right. So right. believe it or not, right? And there's a whole bunch of reasons as to why, but, but yeah, so we absolutely, I'll give you another one that was fascinating for a, a, a client that just wrapped up their deployment where um, they had never thought of, as, uh, of Indeed as a great channel. You know, just there's bias at LinkedIn, you know, versus Indeed, Indeed, the quality, you know, there's all that, there's all kinds of bias around the source, but, but the data said that Indeed was far and away their number one quality uh, channel, right, from a source perspective, and we're like, what, you know, those, those kind of things, so we're learning every day, and it's fascinating, but that is the goal here, is just get data, right, just get data so you can react to it, um, and kind of, let's, let's shatter some of the myths that we've, that we've uh, grown to love. Well, we focus a lot on quality of hire, but you did start the discussion around kind of key TA metrics uh, and things that we should be looking at uh, and, and kind of creating a dashboard and understanding kind of in real time, finger on the pulse type uh, of these metrics. What are, what, is, what, are, what are TA leaders, what are outside of quality of hire? Uh, what are other metrics that they should be thinking about that maybe they're not thinking about or what are your customers pushing you to explore more or innovate around? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we've done a disservice to a lot of our TA leaders uh, in terms of KPIs and what expectation setting is, right? And we put so much pressure on filling open mm -hmm. regs quickly, yeah. right? Like that, that's the game. And Time in this labor market, it just is, you know? And so, and it's at all levels. I think we've always, understood that dynamic at sort of, you know, the, the, the sort of hourly kind of um, 
type, but 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 in in, uh, in the enterprise and kind of knowledge worker and those kind of works, we're seeing the same thing now, right? So that still remains the the most important uh, metric for for most of the TA leaders, at least that that we work with. Um, I think well, there's also some. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, Mike. Especially when it's married with quality, like time to fill by itself is is the, it, you can you can you can go sideways on that really quickly because uh, you're just you're just filling seats you know what, what the what the brits call bums and bums and seats and uh and and that but that if you're marrying it with quality then now it's not just about you know uh, how fast did you do something now you're actually saying how fast and at what quality right and, and that's our hope, right? That's the end state we want to get to. I, yeah. I will tell you that the yeah. reality check is oh, yeah. most TA organizations aren't incentivized. They're not compensated based upon quality, right? Some that's cases, right. but most in most cases, it's about time to fill in and cost. I think that would be the other answer to your question in terms right. of what are the core metrics right now. You're seeing cost inflate, right? You're seeing folks just have to have to, you know, use more, um, you know, sourcing, sourcing, you know, options that are more expensive than they maybe have historically and things of that nature. Yeah. And, and, or pay more. I mean, yep. uh, you get right down to that other part is, uh, if you want to attract the talent, you know, you've, you're going to have to actually reach into your wallet and attract the talent. So yeah, the programmatic and, uh, and sourcing and all of that stuff is going to cost you more money, but also, you know, just your base salary and, and comp is going to be more as well. Do do y'all do you, do you do you have analytics around? Uh, uh, I say comp, but do you have analytics around those things where you can give people insight into what what should or shouldn't be done there? I mean, we're getting there. I mean, that's I'm I'm so excited about that. Frankly, that's in our next kind of big push is oh, cool. when you start to connect compensation mm-hmm. to quality. Right, yeah. um, and 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 de- either demystify that theory, um, but I, yep. let me give you an example of that. It's a little tangential, but it will get back to the same thing. We have a client who went through a reduction in force in COVID, right? Um, and it was you know fairly substantial. And when we went back in and laid over the quality of hire uh, metrics against the folks that they reduced. Um, against the mean for the rest of the organization, the folks that they reduced had a 18% higher quality, right? And so if you've ever been through one of those exercises on the company side, which Mm -hmm. they're miserable, but when you do have to go through them, you know what that exercise looks like usually, right? You're stack ranking people based on their compensation and you're just trying to get to a number in most cases, you know? That's just the reality of how those go down. But that was a great case in point where Gosh, we let go of a bunch of people that maybe were paid more, but they were they were significantly greater producers for us, right? So we 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 made some bad calls there in that scenario. So there is some there is correlation in that, and it's exciting as we get more more intelligent about it and get the machines doing more work to help us analyze it. Uh, but it's definitely a, a lever in all of this. Oh, that's going to be beautiful. I did I I didn't uh, ask you. Uh, industry or size of company or is there anything where y'all like to you know you've got some clusters around customers and healthcare or companies uh, above a certain size you you mentioned your partnership with workday uh they tend to kind of play up market like is there is there a sweet spot for crosscheck yeah we're learning that i mean like any kind of early stage venture especially based in silicon valley 
I don't even know if I can say based anymore because we're all over the globe. <laughs> but but uh, I okay. there's, a, there's a PO box there. Yeah, no <laughs> there's a PO box, right? Uh, but networked in Silicon Valley, I should say, that was definitely our go-to-market and our initially early adopters were sort of the unicorn set and the, you know, kind of Valley hot tech companies. So I think we had of the, there's the cloud 100 list of all the top, you know, uh, large kind of cloud tech companies. And I think we had five of the top 10 last year as an example as clients. So that was definitely the early adopters were high growth tech. Um, we have since expanded that. You brought up healthcare. That's our second largest segment today in terms of customers. But I think we now have customers in every single vertical. Um, so from retail and hospitality to, you know, manufacturing to, I think we have the largest uh, Kiwi company in New Zealand now active on the platform. So these are these are universal problems we're solving. In terms of size of company, similarly, you know, we started more kind of mid-market, SMB mid-market, so called up to 5,000 employees. And now we're certainly moving beyond that into what I would consider more the, the, the enterprise, right? As, we, as the, the system and the technology is getting smarter and, and we're getting, you know, our brand is getting, getting built and we're getting more access to those opportunities. I know practitioners listening will wonder, okay, so where does cross-check, like what category is, and I, <clears throat> I'll just say it politely, I hate software categories, yeah. <laughs> despise them uh, because no one really fits nicely in it. But, you, you know, we've also worked on the other side with HR and TA. They have budgets that are built in Excel and there's, there's rows and columns. I know. So uh, while I hate it, at one point or another, someone's going to put this on a, a row. And so what, what category do you, do you all fit into or have you created your own category? Yeah, so I, I think, and I'll tell you, what's, I, I, love, I love the question and I appreciate your perspective because I share it. And I remember looking when we came into the space, I was looking at a market share, TA market share sort of uh, vendor thing. And it was the, the talent intelligence, or excuse me, candidate intelligence bucket mm-hmm. was sort of a bucket. I was like, okay, this makes sense. This is sort of where this generally fits. And 85% of the candidate intelligence spend and multi-billion dollars was in background screening. Right. right. I'm like, ah, this doesn't, okay, this no longer makes sense. And yeah. that's it. So I, I, I will tell you what has emerged though, um, is this, this concept of talent intelligence. You know, we have trademarked the term, the talent intelligence cloud. That's what we call the engine that powers all of this. So think about the thing that we're building that sucks in all the pre-hire data and the post-hire data into one consolidated, you know, cloud, if you will. So the talent intelligence space, which I, I'm with you, it, there's not, necessarily a a direct line item on the on the pnl today uh the other thing is in terms of who the champion is internally and i'm just kind of telling you the truth of what a day in the life is like for us you know this is a metric that at the c-suite it's an easy one right you can talk to the ceo of any company and they're going to tell you that i care about quality of fire right yeah. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna say that um but then yeah no down, they'll even be <laughs> even more nuanced or more specific quality higher of my uh, high performers or high potentials. So the, the, the 80-20, right? That 20% of the workforce that creates yeah. 80% of the value, again, could be a myth, might be might not be a myth. Most VCs that I talk to make it more of a 90-10. Uh, so when you, <laughs> when you talk to the board in the C-suite, they're zeroed in on that talent. You're right. And, and I think to that end, right, in terms of your question, what line item is it on the P&L versus what um, what you call it, you know, it, 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 I have CFOs that are our buyers now. Oh, right? that's cool. 
it's cool. And CROs, we're finding buying centers in organizations, you know, CROs, it's kind of an easy pitch. It's like, if I can increase your quality of hiring uh, yeah, sales done. Buyers by 5%, done and done, let's go. Right. So, um, so anyway, that's, that's a work in progress. So I would say we're, we're kind of part of a, comp- a group of companies that are creating this new talent intelligence category. Um, you know, there's companies like Eightfold that have been, you know, and Burson did a good piece on the rise of the talent intelligence, you know, um, category, if you will. So I think that's where, if I were to put us somewhere today, that's where I'd put us. Um, I know we're, we still have to build demand and awareness of the solution, right? Uh, before right, we become right. a line item, but that's where we are. Yeah, but that's okay because you're talking about things that actually matter. You know, it's 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 when you see vaporware, or people kind of talking about stuff that doesn't matter. This is actually something that keeps people up at night. Um, two two things that that I'd like to cover last is one is the demo. When people see crosscheck for the first time, like what do they fall in love with? The data, yeah, for sure, right? It's I mean, even some of the things we've talked about. Imagine being able to look in your own organization on demand and and evaluate things like you brought up source of hire just just put yourself in the shoes where you can literally with one click load the, the cross check machine and view what your quality of hire is by source right for the last time period right it's just that's it it's just i don't they've had not had visibility they haven't been armed properly this is our big thing for ta we, we think that, that they just haven't been given the, the tools uh, to own this and 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 frankly manage towards it. So I think that's it. It's the it's the access to the and visibility to the data for sure. So, not to be nuanced, but data. Uh, I'm assuming you when you when you say data, you mean insight or actionable insight. Like data can be one thing, but what like what is there a context to the data? Like what do they do with the data? Is that is that what you is that <clears throat> is that is is that what I'm doing? to infer when you when you say data yeah and i think to your point we, we look we struggle with this too which is what's our role here is our role to also help guide our customers into how to act against it or is our right. role here to help them visualize and empower them to go take action so let me give you an example of a visualization that one of our enterprise customers is pushing really hard on which was looking at quality hire by recruiter right you're like oh okay, that's cool now i can it's cool, right? And what are you going to do with it? Well, is it a carrot or a stick? And they're using it as a carrot where they want to incentivize at an additional financial incentive for their recruiters based upon quality as well, right? Which is cool. And that's a really neat, actionable way to use the data, right? Is to help and then ultimately use that for training and that sort of thing for the recruiters that maybe are not not hitting that quality mark. Um, so I thought that was really neat innovation. I think that's what you're going to see, whereas we're able to you know, give visualization, give access to these insights. And then, you know, these companies are all plenty smart to figure out how to take action right. against them. Right. You know, it's, I'll bring up the interviewer one again, too, because that's been fascinating where I mentioned earlier, there's low correlation between interview scores and quality. But what I will tell you, there are certain individuals who are really good. And conversely, there are certain individuals who maybe are not as, right. talent, as talent scouts. And right? it's so, not who you think. <laughs> and it's not who you think. And by the way, so to that end, what's actionable about that? Well, it means that I need to, I should put, if, if, if Mike's a really good you know, predictor of quality, frankly, he should be on more interview panels. And if Frank is not, we got to train Frank better, right? We got to right. invest in getting Frank. So there's some, there is you know, real stuff that, like I said, I, I trust that the companies will take these insights and run with them. Uh, but to some level, we're going to need to have sort of recommendations for action. And we'll, we'll work on that in our next generation for sure. I love it. Okay. So last thing, uh, favorite 
buying question or buying signal from a prospect? Like, what do you love to hear? Like you automatically, you just know, okay, they get it. All right. You know, not, you still got to go through the proposal process. You still got to do all the other stuff, but like, okay, they get it. Like what, it, what is oh, that? Yeah. It, 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 oh, it's so, it's so dead obvious. And it's, it's literally either the board or the C-suite has been pushing me on this. Your timing is perfect. Right. Cause this is, <laughs> it's, it's happening. It's happening yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you conversely, what's my least favorite, what's my yes. worst buying statement, which yes. is who, who the hell owns this, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm, what I kind of said earlier, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in recruiting and I'm trying to fill butts and seats, right? I, what I don't need is another metric to be managing to. So that's the reality of a day in, a day in our life of what, that's we're, right. what we're working through, you know? That's right. That's right. Well, how do you answer that? When you um, ask that question, who owns this? Yeah, I, I think that 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 there, like, as I mentioned earlier, the buying centers that we found are are all across the board. Yeah. Right? So and, and we someone needs to. What I love is when that same person says, "Well, I'm going to own it, right? I'm going to yeah. be the champion within this organization, and I'm going to be the one that brought quality of hire as a key KPI and make it visible, right? And I'm going to I'm going to change the the paradigm because the other thing I'll tell you too that is, you know, we we put our recruiters in such a tough spot where they're there, I would say one enterprise uh, client of ours that has, you know, 28,000 employees, 35% year one attrition rate, right? And so these recruiters are running in circles, right? They're right. filling seats. And, they, and I'm like, part of that is let's, let's do better. And if we can optimize that, right, you're going to not be running in circles as much, right? So there is a, it takes a little bit of a longer term view on it. But if we're right, and then this can ultimately optimize the output, it's going to make your life more efficient uh, in the long term. And so I think that's also part from a vision perspective. You got to get them to buy in on that, and that's just absolutely critical. In my well, opinion. They, they buy in or they or not at their peril. So, uh, Mike, I love what you built. I love Crosscheck. Uh, thank you so much for carving out time and coming on the Use Case Podcast. All right, this was awesome. Thanks for hosting me. Absolutely, and thanks everyone for listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.